0: This is the seventy-fourth episode of Stockholm Legacy Report, a podcast about paper legacy. My name is Victor Bernhards. With me, as always, are my dear co-hosts Robin Svensson and Christopher Wikström. Warm welcome to you, dear
1: listener. Hello, everybody. Hello. I hope you're doing well.
0: Stockholm Legacy Report can be found whenever we release on the Topdecked app. As promised last week, we now return to our regular programming of legacy paper play and legacy art talk. Legacy Dad has been busy and the staple Connoisseur Task Force will discuss a card that has been closely attached to heated discussions about which version is best ever since it was first printed. But first things first, Legacy Dad Robin,
2: how has paper play been for you recently? It's been good. I've been uh, keeping up the play during the holidays. And in between Christmas and New Year's Eve, I hosted one of the Legacy events. It was a mere seven players showing up. A lot of people probably hanging out with the family, so maybe going away to uh, someplace else to celebrate. But seven Defiant players showed up to play, and one of them was me, and one of them was my son that I brought. And I was on the new, cool, Naya adept list uh, that plays... Uh, all three means can and, Boos, and uh, four moxes to turbo him out and to gain a little bit advantage against uh, the faster decks that are currently in the meta. And uh, that deck felt really cool. My son was on my Deller deck, I should say. I had some really good games. I started out uh, facing against a reanimated player, and I had a, a hand with an endurance, which he snagged with a grief. And then he managed to make a brand on his second turn. And draw cards, of course, and then got an Archon into play. To which I sacrificed a Dryad Arbor. And uh, since the Archon came into play with an, uh, the one that brings a creature from my grave as well. Exhume. My discarded Endurance came into play. I actually managed to turn the tables from there because wow. I could plow his Archon. And I could <laughs> fetch Caracas with a Reclaimer. And he, I think he sort of whiffed on his draws as well because sounds like yeah it. Wow. He, he discarded me a lot, but like my hand was already nothing and I was living on the top of my deck. And uh, at some point he had he had a, a grief animated which I could like block with my reclaimer and a dryad arbor. which kept coming back because he played exhum. and then I could like sacrifice it with like the block on uh, already declared. To pump the the reclaim and that kind of nice things going on. But that was a, a really sick game. I think it took like 30 minutes or something because I was at <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> one life or something like that and like clawed the back.
0: Reanimator game one 30 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Which universe yeah. is this?
1: Yeah, it's one of those inspirational moments. Like this is Robin, uh, Robin's tep- like TED Talk <laughs> on uh, how to survive uh, Game One versus Reanimator.
2: Yeah, but it's funny. This deck has so much game because you have sort of an you can have an explosive start, so that you are not. Like if you play a fair deck, sometimes it feels so underwhelming that you like, okay, now I make my land drop and I have one spell to play. But like this spell, can, this deck can get on the board quite fast, and as soon as you have a reclaimer in play, you have pretty much control over the board, especially against legend legends and that kind of stuff. And uh, I was a bit lucky with my draws, of course. I think I drew three plows or something during that game. And then post board, I have a lot to take in. And I kept a hand with both endurance and a crop rotation, and I could getting with the bog. And then I went up against my son that's you know
1: <laughs> whoops not only a tricky matchup but also like uh, yeah. is this his first time playing Delver? Uh,
2: no, he's played the Delver once before at a, a Thursday <laughs> night legacy magic and we play a little bit at home so he's uh, he's getting he's, there. Uh, not, yeah, he's not getting there. He's the reps. getting his practice. But uh, he hates facing up against against Naya and I can I can see why why he feels that way because it's it's it built to beat Delver, and I did beat him 2-0. And then I was facing up against Alluran, and uh, it was not a new player, but a player that has uh, recently adopted this deck. And uh, I managed to snag a game one with a very fast Merit Leech. And in, then in game two, I threatened the Merit Leech when he played Alluran, and I could blast his uh, Bounce Bird on the stack.
1: Oh, that's nasty. And
2: then he started dig digging with his uh, with his like uh, cantrip creatures and like presenting uh, like blockers in form of endurance no not endurance but quattles and also like the white flying token that uh, the new uh, payoff spell.
1: Yeah, the Edward Chandler. Ether Chandler, right.
2: But I had uh, sedge step and plows to get through with my merit late so I managed to win that 2-0 as well. In the final game I was up against another Delver player who was on a little bit of a budget version not the entire suite of dual lands and I managed to 2-0 that as well so it was a clean sweep for me (laughs) celebrating the the holidays with some Nia depts. and uh, this week I I ran the deck back the complete 75 as it was and we were a little bit more players this Thursday I hosted that event as well because the original host were on vacation. I faced off against a new player. We were actually four new players at the LGS. Whoa, that's incredible! Happy New Year! (laughs) Yeah, and uh, welcome uh, everyone. Yeah, I've been hearing some good stuff in the Facebook group. There's like even more players coming in uh, from other formats and that kind of stuff so it feels like the community is really growing so this new player he was on Death shadow and he snagged game one with a timely thought into him i think and then the qu- the quickly growing <laughs> death shadows on the board like starting out as one so i'm like this i can manage and then they're five fives and then they're eleven elevens and i'm like yeah this i'm dead
1: yeah like the life just runs away so fast that math is terrible. Like, it's so hard. Yeah, but uh, I've been uh, seeing this pattern that uh,
2: the depth stick is really dependent on your starting seven or whatever you keep. Mm. And Thoughtseize and Hymn can totally rip it to part, So, But I managed to win uh, the consecutive games, among others, because one of the Hymns, like, hit irrelevant cards and I kept my removal and threats in the hand.
0: It's just, just like playing Grist in a good way, like... It's a skill you acquire over time to sort of make sure that him takes the best cards uh sort of for you, not for your opponent. So well done there. I mean I'm I'm proud of you. Exactly,
1: exactly. Yeah. It's get your reps. I mean I
2: in. board I boarded into bad cards so that the hymn wouldn't be so oh. so so punishing, right? That's
1: the trick. Yeah, <laughs> the the trick here, listeners, is get him the lot. <laughs> That's uh Practice come, to, come, come, come to
0: Stockholm, get him the lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah,
2: I was missing uh, the the Veil that I've been playing as my <laughs> 15th sideboard slot. It would have been cool to Veil at him, but alas, I couldn't do that. Then I was up against Oops All Spells, and I knew this place was on Oops, so it was like a mulligan game. I think I went to five in game one, and uh, I went to six in game two and managed to win both of Ooh, those. Ooh, Very nice. I mean, yeah, it's like keep a crop rotation in game one and then keep hopefully crop rotation and an endurance or something like that i think in game two i had crop rotation up then in game like in turn two i could play reclaimer in turn three i could also play uh deafening silence and it went on like that i i I think i have 11 cards to bring in and already some cards that do matter in the in the matchup from the beginning so
1: it feels okay yeah like in one in in those matchups like it doesn't really matter if you have minsk and boost like you have so many cards to just shave like if you get to four yeah. mana they're dead anyways
2: i mean i, I can even cut the knights i don't need three drops at all no, of course it just have i played uh, like one of the endurance it can just win the game from there yeah. and then i was up against our friend the hope he was on one of his spicy brews that he has been 5oing <laughs> online with. It's like a mono-red deck, mono-red stompy deck that also plays a little sneak attack. Package. <laughs> Why not?
1: Oh, so it's not the one that I played against. <laughs> Super scary brew. Th-
2: this one was in the like a 5o deck dump. I I found it there. <laughs> oh man, it was fun. He he won game one with a very fast Ravel master that just ran me over before I had the time to respond. But then game two and game three. I drew the removal I needed, and I think I had... He, he had to play a sneak attack without additional man on board, and I could just force a vigor it and one of his Chrome boxes, and then it was out of red as well, so it was... Shout-out,
0: by the way, to the Hope, winning another challenge recently.
2: Yeah, with the less spicy deck, but with the Painter, it's... I mean, that's a, a feat of its own. Yeah, and then on to the final game last Thursday, I was matched up against Lance... I had a really strong hand in game one and played a little bit too little careful and like slammed uh, Minsk and Boo when I came up to four mana. And he had like a crop rotation that I did not expect and could just run me over with the merit late. So it was like a mistake from my part. And then in game two he got the, down a crucible and uh, I couldn't keep up with the uh, Wastelands and Ursa Saga tokens this list has cut the random up excavator for the Minsk and Boo and Mox. So I felt like on the online meta the lands decks are completely gone because they can't compete with initiative. Mm. Like you don't want to mace them because they will still keep the initiative and you need creatures to take it back. So I think the lands decks are completely gone and then you don't and uh, also death and taxes is completely gone so you don't really need a random map excavator in that uh, deck anymore. But like in our local meta I think I want to play it still. So that was a 0-2 a, a defeat. But uh, pretty nice run over two weeks with Nyadepts. Like n- not the ordinary resistance perhaps with a little less... Fewer players than ordinary, and uh, like not all the stakes, since this was out of the league. But a nice run with the deck, and uh, it's it's good to be back on that deck. It feels like a strong one, and one that fits my play style as well.
0: I mean, seven one over holidays is still, you know, seven one. Yeah, that's nice.
2: Very well done.
0: So, do you think you're gonna keep uh, keep on the Naya plan going into the real league now in this uh, new year?
2: Yeah, I need some W's in the league because I've been (laughs) doing mostly like 2-2's and I I haven't been uh, catching a lot of points lately so I'll try to to get some 3-1's at least with Naya and maybe I'll also bring 8-cast because I got those Eryos home, 3 of them. I think they could be an interesting spicy addition (laughs) to to 8-cast. I mean like in the goldfish she's really easy to flip. You like play land, petal, opal, you play her and then a bauble to flip her. And then she counters the first spell the opponent plays each turn.
1: That's a pretty powerful effect. Yeah, that's uh, super cool. I have had it flipped against me once mm-hmm. and it's just such a nightmare. Yeah. Like you're just digging for your abrupt decay or whatever, but it's 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 hard.
2: Yeah. So I'm looking forward to, it, to test that as well. But I will try to, to play a little bit more Naya. But I will get the random map excavator back. And I think that three moxes is fine. Because it's so awkward when you flood on them. So yeah, that's the legacy play for me. Have you been playing anything? No, I've had
1: a, I've had a chill you know, time over the holidays. Just uh, kicking back, relaxing, uh, recording some with Victor last week. And you know, just technical cool, but uh, i'll be back this first day awesome. to uh, get get my uh, clown on
2: we should we should mention that you are the point leader in the league at this point You're doing really good
1: Ooh, yeah 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 i've had a really really crazy league so yeah i'm i'm ahead by i think 10 points yeah
0: <laughs> That's quite a lot in this uh, count system.
1: Yeah, and the s- the second place person has played one event more than me, also. So it's a it's mm. a very solid wow. solid showing. Yeah, and this is kind of like what we talked about. You know, when you're on a hot streak, but who knows what twenty twenty three will will yield for poor Christopher.
2: I mean, it's it's more and more initiative players because that that thing that that deck seems quite cheap to assemble and maybe can even be a, like an entry point for a modern player that has like the solitudes and all of that they yeah. basically just need the, the soul lands and maybe they can get yeah. away with not city of traitors playing some uh, cheaper version
0: soul lands though have gotten so extraordinarily pricey it's yeah, yeah. crazy yeah,
1: That's yeah true. I was shocked over how expensive ancient mm, tomb yeah. was Yeah, but uh, yeah like uh, it, the initiative deck does seem like a really good entry point for players who like maybe don't want to invest in duels or if you're committing to a blue deck that's not oh well merfolk can get away with it but you still need the forces and a lot of other things so yeah. a deck like this you know it's chrome Moxes, lotus petals and the lands, and i guess if you own the solitude from modern that's the hurdle and then it's only like commander products
0: Let us now indeed take out the ceremonial robes, or a weird hat, or the wolf staff, or just, you know, generally kneeling with your cult friends, the Legacy Staple Art Club has gathered to chant a hymn to Torah. This card was released in Fallen Empires, which is way ago, 1994, and immediately got Uh, no less than four different arts this was for those who don't remember uh, fallen empires had this thing with super common cards that came in four versions for some reason uh to is probably the one that has remained in our memory but there were thalids and other things as well kicking around
1: some high tides
0: maybe some high tides for sure some of us remember them. Uh, <laughs> 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 but the four of these, they also are interesting because they vary so greatly between themselves. It's four completely different art styles. And they were paired with a fifth version, which was first printed in From the World 20 in 2013, which is perhaps the least, how should I say, the art for Him to that sort of is the most predictable, I guess, because it's, yeah, we'll get to that. But uh, which version of these four and plus one is the truly best one, Christopher? Take it away for us.
1: So uh, when I I imagine being hymned, I see the wolf art. When I hymned someone, I see the wolf art. The wolf art is just get those two random cards out of here. But there's a lot of things that I really appreciate with the picture. It's like eerie in so many ways. Like uh, they're standing out on this mountaintop like these uh, dark mages or priests or whatever they are and there's this giant wolf in the night sky but the mountain they're standing on is like skulls it's like uh, snow faces which is just you know adds on to that dark forbidden magic uh, style that I really like but then also I think we've all been there we've all been hymned like, Fotsi's turned one, Hymn turned two, like Robin said. <laughs> and this, like, uh, he closed the year <laughs> with with that. And, you know, so many years after its release, it's still here. And the, the flavor text of the wolf art by Susan Van Camp: the eerie wailing Hymn cost insanity, even in hardened warriors. And that's <laughs> when they snatch your two lands. So, yeah, for me, this is like, this is... The art when i think about him to Torak. when we when we wrap up this discussion i'm gonna give a an honorable mention but i'm not gonna give away any spoilers in case of another co-host might have something to say so robin what did you pick
2: well and um, interestingly I, I picked the the same art for me it was a little bit of a closer call i think i i played him to Torak uh, when Fallen Empires came out. I bought a lot of that expansion set, unfortunately, because it's quite bad, but like couldn't evaluate such things at that age, and uh, it was just cool that it was a limited expansion. So I bought a lot of packs of that and I think I have playsets of all of the fallen empires. <laughs> hymns, so I can, <laughs> I can I can play whichever I want. And uh, I think all of them are fine to play my my least favorite i think is like the table and the like the the two persons sitting there, and I'm not sure what they are doing. But I, I, my favorite is the wolf art as well. For me, it it really means like the the hymn and the, the wolf. It it fits so well together. Like how how they are chanting on top of that scally rock, <laughs> summoning some some animal spirit to take away the sanity of their foes. Also, this this card is so 90. It just looks like a T-shirt from the 90s. I was just gonna <laughs> say
0: like from <laughs> (laughs) the one of the (laughs) art episodes that were on uh, living a legacy they talked about this card specifically as the 90s t-shirt art right and like after hearing that i just i can't unsee it
2: (laughs) yeah uh, totally it's so funny because it's like it's like one of those t-shirts that like all of the cool guys have like a rock band's album on their t-shirt and then there's one who who like went to the supermarket? Yeah. and just got something that looks like a rock band's album, but isn't. Yeah, adjacent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. like it's a rock adjacent. band Adjacent. It's, <laughs> it's like a rock band's album at home. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, man. we have band T shirts at
0: home. This is this is that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: exactly. Oh, Mommy, my. I want an Iron Maiden T shirt. We have Iron Maiden T shirt at home. <laughs> I'll paint this. Way. Yeah.
0: So for for those cataloging, this is. Uh, Considered Full Empire's 38A.
2: Well, what about you,
0: Victor?
1: What's your pick? But but first, Victor, what's your take on this? What do you think?
0: I'm conflicted. Because on the one hand, of course, this art resonates with me. I also you know, purchased quite a few Full Empire packs. Getting that playset of Org. It has, I mean, great nostalgia for me. At the same time, I'm hard-pressed to consider this to be sort of good card art. Like... If the, if this card art came out today, I would be like, gee, what the fuck? Oh,
1: come on. <laughs> it, but is it good t-shirt art?
0: <laughs> it, uh, it is good t-shirt art. And also, while I'm saying this, I'm also realizing, of course, this legacy staples in general cannot be taken out of context. I mean, the appreciation of the art needs to be contextual also. But it is not my favorite of the four Hymn to Thorax in Fallen Empires. So I'm going to say, while Victor H11 course liked the wolf i have always been more partial to fallen empire 38c which is the wizard magician sorceress doesn't really sort of make it super clear but by Quentin hoover this very purple red blue action-packed uh, imagery of this humanoid Casting a human to Turek, which is in this interpretation some kind of spell. Uh, It's weaved, it's this light red electric kind of uh, look to it. And the robe is very abstractly flowing through the whole picture. The face is also abstract. I just think this is a good piece of art. Like this is something I would love to have on a t-shirt or on a wall. Or perhaps sort of even... I can see this silhouette as a tattoo as well. I really like this. It holds a lot of power. Whereas the other arts for him to Turek, I think, are sort of either nostalgic or ironic. This is a piece of (laughs) art that I actually kind of like. So um, I would go go for that based on that, really. What do you think?
1: Yeah, this is also a really good pick, for sure.
2: Yeah, I've been playing the shit out of this picture. I, I, I like it as well. A lot. I like his face because he he has so much facial hair. (laughs) It's like he he is basically a big mustache.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but then we come to the bonus round, and you touched upon this earlier as well. Like you have the best art, but since and this is interesting, not only did the four empires present four different. Art for fallen empires, but it also came with four different flavor texts, which are amongst themselves extremely different. Yeah, yeah for sure. Which, which I really, really enjoy. I'm gonna say that the, my favorite one by far is the the table weird hat art by Scott Kirchner, which is, I think, perhaps in a way the most sort of interestingly abstract imagery, but it doesn't really resonate with me. But the, the the flavor text is fantastic. It says, "Members of the order often played the human on instruments made from their
1: victims' bones." That's that's really dark for a kid's game in the early nineties. <laughs> yeah, but like what I so so how I kind of understand this, I'm I'm not a big lore person, but it seems like Torak was this sort of what can you say, spreader of madness maybe. If you look at the flavor text of the version you picked knowing the hymn's power the followers of Letbur carefully guarded the pillaged transcriptions a hymn is like a psalm right, something mm. you sing in church yeah. so this kind of makes me feel like, you know the, the world's funniest joke which is a Monty Python sketch when you, if you hear or read a joke, you laugh to death and uh, this is kind of like that but you go insane so with that in mind the shout out i wanted to give is actually to uh, both the art and the flavor text of the new version that uh, came in that set (laughs) victor mentioned earlier from the vault 20 reprinted in eternal masters
0: and uh, online a couple of times
1: yeah and in this picture I guess that those transcripts are somewhat on the altar that all of these people are bowing towards. The flavor text is: uh, "The priest plead for your anguish and pray for your despair." And that's kind of like when you're hymning someone, you you wish them all the worst luck in the world (laughs) you you pray for illness you pray for every terrible thing you can imagine when you point the hymn at your opponent that's what you want. So I, I guess, like, to some extent, I think all of the hymn to thorax are bangers. I actually think even if, you know, they could be a cheesy t-shirt print or there are, there's this really dark, you know, uh, robe-wearing, <laughs> robe big facial hair, <laughs> you know, wizard, they all tell a story, but they're all, you know, really, like you mentioned, like, not kid-friendly very dark that's why i I think that the latest printing it belongs in the club although like the modern art direction and stuff does not do it as well for me but spiritually it's still in the right realm
0: yeah and i'm guessing the the artist for that uh, greg staples not their fault because I feel, I feel that the new art is sort of... It's a bit... Uh, I mean, I, I, I will blame art direction here. It's sort of... It doesn't go anywhere near the edge of any type of comfort zone. And I think with a card that is so so clearly named Hymn to Torak. And this is after we actually sort of... Not after, but this is also in the same sort of time, and I guess when... when I mean, now we have Torak as a card. It came out a, a couple of sort of years later. And it's like, for me, Torak has the same problem as Darth Vader. Way more scary when it was a mystery. You know, who is Torak? You don't really know. And then now there is Torak. Oh, it's that guy. Okay, I know what I'm up against. Like, it's with Darth Vader. Sort of, when the first sort of movies came in the late 17s early 80s dark mysterious figure turns out to be the father but you don't really know much else and then you got the prequels which sort of tells this extremely silly story about sort of this guy in love and you're like yeah okay i'm not so scared anymore of Darth Vader and i think sort of perhaps my interpretation of this newer art suffers from that
1: yeah i'm 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 with you 100 on that it's like i'm i'm a big horror movie guy and the uh, the monsters in creature features are always worse when they're not on screen, when they're looming around and when it's not certain what we're up against. The only movie for me with a creature like clear cr- creature feature that fixed that was The Thing. Because, you know, whenever the thing explodes, the spoiler alert, it's like the, an amalgamation of all your fo- phobias. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. Like, when I saw, you know, here is Torak, the red can- cantor, I was just like, it's a, it's a zombie-esque person? You know, yeah, they, if it would just have been a person sitting in a, in a church that has, you know, fallen fall from you know the sun like the reach of the sun's rays you don't see its face it's just like you see someone sitting on a throne that would have been 10 times better for me personally because the mystery would still have been there now it's just like i don't know i can't even describe it but i agree
2: i actually like the new torak guy I think it's pretty cool. I like that he he has some synergies with the thorax. Like you pump him when you like w- when you kick him, you you get a thorax, and if you draw more thorax, you pump him with them. And he's a pretty cool legend that is pro white, which is a very real piece of text in today's legacy. So
1: I, that's true. It's not a bad card, Robin. We're not. We're yeah, not but I I, the card.
2: I, I, li- <laughs> I like the card. I think the art is, is fine as well. When it comes to to flavor text, I think I am actually on the same camp as Victor here. I I like those bone instruments. I think that's uh, (laughs) like taking him to Torak pretty far.
0: And I'm thinking like, since this is like some kind of sort of religious thing, I'm thinking it's not like sort of small bone pipes or sort of bone rums. This is, they've built this bone organ. No, no,
1: no. They built a trombone. Like
0: Anna von Hauswolf style organ
1: hymn. Mm. Nah, man. They've made like a really big trombone. (laughs) <laughs> this is a good
0: example of how there are different versions of this card and how you can interpret things differently. Right, and, right. Uh, you know. I
2: was thinking about flutes or something like that. but
1: yeah. mm. Trombone. Oh, my God. Like, no one got no, my pun. I, trombone. Oh, no. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, welcome, welcome to 2023 i still got the shitty pants oh my god that is that's good really all we have for this week so bad
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you feel strongly about him to torak you can please make yourself heard on our discord server you can find a link in this episode description in addition to discord you can hit us up on twitter with your trombone at sthlm legacy we're also present present on some social media robin Where can our listeners trombone at you?
2: You can trombone at me at Twitter. I am Jacka underscore trombone no boo that's where you can find me jacka
1: underscore boon (laughs) you can find me on uh, monolith mtg on twitter as well
0: and i'm on twitter at disco drogo and that concludes the 74th episode of stockholm legacy report thank you robinson c and christoph rickstrom i am victor bernhardt special thanks to you for listening the great furnace has as always written our music you can find more of their work on spotify take care everyone and uh Bone it up.